everybody. David Donaldson here along with Joe Martin for this week's edition of the Entrepreneurial Impact. And really what we wanted to take a look at today and which seems to be a, a rapidly changing environment for the future of real estate. And I think there's two factors to that. There's, there's the residential side for the consumer mm -hmm. and then there's the real estate side or the brokerage house for the associates themselves. Both are radically changing and we're adapting. And here's the funny thing, and I, I actually hate this, the way that everybody minimizes it, they say back to basics. But it's, basics never changes. You have to pick up the phone, you gotta have a conversation, you gotta meet people. So, so you, gotta, you're telling me you don't like the platitudes of back to basics no. or pivot or shift or Stop. Uh, we have to you know get back to level, we're gonna go deep dive uh, in level one or level 2.0. I'm and, quit, I'm walking yeah, out now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and all the buzzwords, no. all the buzzwords you see in the media. Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I can't be the news, <laughs> right? But the answer is yes to all of that. And when did we ever get away from it? I mean, I'm pretty sure the basics of real estate is uh, buy houses, sell houses, and you know, uh, offer great services so you get a commission, and then eventually you make money off of like what you eat, what you kill, right? That's pretty much. People always talk, when, when things get hard, you go back to basics. When when the when cash flow is king, you're like, well, I'm going to make my life easier by doing everything I shouldn't be doing, and throwing money at it. That that's really what we're saying here, right? Look, we hear, and again, you hear technology, which I hate the word tech. Like tech is a four-letter word like golf, right? I hate tech. Tech is leverage. That's the mindset. Oh, you like that one, huh? Golf is great. It's great leverage. No, I, I love golf. I golfed this weekend. My son experienced golf for the first time. He's I'm impressed with your Philly background. You didn't say goff. Goff? No. Water. Um but let, so let's come, we'll, go, we'll break this down into two subjects. Let's come down from the real estate side first. And I think in order to kind of say, hey, what is the future of, of real estate from, from a licensee stand look like? You look at how quickly your things have changed, or, or maybe not that quickly, but residential brokerage, traditional brokerage, right? I hang my license. I have a broker. They answer questions. Most of my business... My business is done underneath them. They help me process paperwork and they keep me out of realtor jail. Right? Probably what most agents believe brokers should be. Now, there's changes and nuance in the things of the different organizations as far as splits. We're not going to go down that rapid. But really what has changed is what is my brokerage provide for me now? I think it's a great question. The expectations of more has come into play. I, I've seen a, a radical change in that dynamic ever since uh, the, the recession. 07 through 010 is where I saw, personally, when I experienced the most changes in what brokerage might be offering. Because technology and advancements and enhancements come into play. Websites, digital contracts, right? Email, speed, text messaging, right? Electronic signatures, the ability to send listings. What, and... I had to pay for some of that to start, right? So I expect that my brokerage now covers helps or provides some of those things for me. So I think that's kind of when we look at that expect that expectation for them. What specialties do I have? Am I a luxury agent? Am I in commercial? Am I working with first-time home buyers? Right? Am I you know, what was my skill set? Who am I going after? Hey, the market for a long time was short sales. Did I have educational and training to show me how to work in for sale, short sales and foreclosures? Right? What are you giving me to teach me so I can learn how to do embrace that? And, oh, by the way, don't charge me anymore. Give 
give right. and don't charge. Give, give, but, give. but I think like if you think about the framework of like what you're going down within the future of brokerage, future of real estate, is you actually had to see like where the evolution of the industry has actually gone, right? You you actually had a what you brought up was before the Great Recession was like a broker focus. Like if you think about the real estate industry, it was broker had all the control, yeah. right? They you know then realty execs, Keller Williams, Remax shifted that mindset back in the '80s. Actually, didn't really hit full blow till the Great Recession because of money. But you actually think brokers had all the control. They they literally had it was a broker's lead. It was a broker's contract. The agent were just just basically providing services on behalf of the broker. All the things came back to the broker. It was the broker name, broker brand, broker marketing. You worked on behalf of the broker. The agent was not really represented very well inside that transaction because the broker had all the control, which is why broker margins were at like a 50-50 split with both agents, right? Buyer agency didn't even exist. Correct. So then what you're talking about with the with current, like what you're going through right now with brokerage is that we're at the age of the agent. Right, that the agent through Realty Execs and Remax and KW realized that the relationship with the client was really held at the agent level. That the agent knew the client; they were locally represented in the community, doing all these different things. They knew all the contracts, knew the local municipalities and whatnot, and were the best representatives for the local area that their clients were trying to sell. And they also built the trust of that client. Yes. So all the things you're bringing up is like, hey, more broker services, split changes, communities, like kind of framing everybody in this discussion is that you're going when we finally get to the end of this conversation it's really broker centric was the past we're in the age of the agent and the future of real estate is really going to move towards the consumer so i just want to give everybody that kind of thought process as you hear like what dave's talking about for what brokerage has to do to evolve to still stay competitive you know the the age of the agent yes without a doubt and i think that dynamic change so that, that the agent has the relationship with the consumer mm-hmm. right and that has separated the change from the consumer thinking their relationships with the brokerage we understand licensing so we're not separating that apart, but the database the value of the people that i know that i talk to everybody that's the value right mm-hmm. and i don't think there's any more emphasis that can be provided on it if you look at all the amount of money that came into the industry because of that right so we wouldn't have had all this potential financial disruption of saying, hey, we're going to disperse the interest. We're going to change interest by technology and squeezing the agent out. But what they didn't bet on was the relationship that agent had with their consumers. So that's where we're kind of fighting it back a little bit. Go, no, 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 no. You can't replace what I know and who I know. Yeah. Right. So I have to be organized. But at the same time, the agents continue to develop and enhance and their expectations continue to change. Right. They want to be in front of more people. For all intents and purposes, while we, as much as we talk about the agents and their relationship, which is gold, they want to do less and less for their commissions. They just do. God bless them. They want to do less and less for the commission. So they, right, they want more leads, and they want more leads provided to them from their broker. Mm-hmm. right? And that has come because of, well, Zillow. Right? Zillow has shown that, hey, I can pay for things. Well, agents don't want to pay for things. They, they want them to come from their broker. But there's not just not paying for things. So let me kind of bring that back. But the, the act now relationship. I want to list now. I want to buy now. And they'll pay for it. They've shown that they'll pay for it. Right? That's how Zillow grew to the juggernaut that they are. Right? But because agents trusted Zillow. They lo- Zillow lost that trust. They do trust their brokerage. They want the brokerage to kind of 
bring that to the table now. Hey, we're bringing these listings and help me generate leads more. Yeah, I think I think there's an interesting dynamic, and I, I don't know what the answer is. Like, I mean, only time will tell on this one because I don't have a crystal right. ball. But what I really look at, like, especially because of background in like lead generation and follow up on leads and things like that, like I know what it's like to have somebody on like a nine touch, twelve touch in three weeks, and I know what follow up looks like. I truly believe because of what happened in 2020 with the interest rates dropping and the market going nuts uh, during COVID is that a lot of the mindset for agents has switched into, I want to be a lead servicer, not a lead generator. And real estate agents get paid by lead generating, by going out and find market, market share, by business developing, by developing relationships. And I believe you can go back to the 80-20 principle. 20% of the agents out there that do all the 80% of the production are lead generators. They're not lead services. Now, is there an opportunity for people to be lead services? 100%. We saw it in COVID. Yep. That was a time that if you were a great lead servicer, amazing. Right now, the opportunity when everybody's going right and saying, I can't find any leads and I want people to find it for me and all that kind of stuff. That's when you zag left and say, fine, I'm going to go in the lead generation game because nobody wants to do that because that's not sexy. Well, because they want appointments. Right there, there, there is a huge dif- yeah the easy button, right the huge difference between leads and appointments. I, I spend a lot of time talking with people like you know defining what what does a lead look like right and they say well a lead is something that's, uh, that may buy to me a lead is just a, a name and a phone number right a yeah. contact is somebody that I probably have a good amount of information about name contact email phone number relationship is well beyond that like relationship is. If I call you, Joe, you're going to answer or you're going to call me back, right? And if you need to sell your house or buy your house or new some that I'm the first person you think of so that I have those appointment fills. So now the agents are looking for brokerage. All right, brokerage, help me with the appointments. Get me the appointments. They're willing to pay for those things, but they're looking for more of that ready now person to be introduced to them versus them having to do the groundwork. Well, I met you in the grocery store line today, Joe. I don't want to work for the next 18 months to figure out if we're going to be able to do something together. I want somebody now to to make a move. There's just not enough of those people in the world right now. So those are gold. So they're looking for that. They're always looking for that. I think you can't really have one without the other. Well, I think, I mean, when I look at this topic about like brokerage generated leads, it's absolutely necessary because the gold is in the lead generation. The person that can lead generate will always have a job because they control the relationship and they control the person that's inevitably buying the home. Right. Right. So if the... Let me ask you this. So is it in lead generation or is it in the follow-up? It's in lead generation because, I mean, you could say the follow-up is in the lead generation. It's one in the two. Like, it's one thing when someone never contacts you and you've got to say a follow-up until you get a verbal yeah let's meet to talk about my options right so you have to nurture the lead for right. that long a period and the thing is is that in lead generation or follow-up whichever one you want to call it there's no there's no date and time above your head <laughs> that tells me when you're going to be ready so the idea of me constantly having to put effort out with no idea of when that's going to return is frustrating to people right like i get it like that that's tough but like this is the part where like we, we've gotten a bunch of surveys on like what's the best 
trainings and what are you struggling with inside the real estate market and it's all lead generation it's all lead generation all lead generation but here's the cool you brought up like tech and you said it's a leverage it's not a solution well everybody right now it it just anybody listening doesn't feel crazy everybody's struggling with lead generation and anybody that tries to sell you a tech solution for your lead generation problem is selling you snakes oil that, that's what they're doing. They're selling you snake oil because yeah. there is no technology solution for lead generation because you've got to mature the relationship. You've got to follow up. You provide value. And also, you've got to be top of mind in the moment that that client wants to buy or sell. And there is no te- – well, there is some AI and indications of moving. It's not that great. But, like, it's there. It's going to build towards that. It will get to a place where that happens. But when I think about what you're talking about for, like, lead generation by the broker – what my only advice to the agent is your value in a high price purchase is the relationship. So even though times are tough and lead generation's hard, it wasn't like it was the past three years where you were just servicing leads. You're in a different market. You're in a lead gen market. You're not in a lead service market. You know, here's the thing. And look, and I've been doing this for 17 years. And I look at back when I started, and I, I joke about this often, on, and, uh, you know, I don't care for that Brian Buffini's been stealing my stuff for years. Because nobody had to tell me that I just needed to follow up and be in relationship with people. I just, I just knew it. But that's what all these buzzwords are all today. And, and in the, the newest one is Team Ridge, right? And that's the concept that the market center or the business centers, the brokerage, whoever it is, is no longer now just providing a lead, which is a contact at its lowest form. Team owned by the brokers. Right. Well, it's a team owned by the brokers, but really what they're looking to do is that the team's going to do all the work for you. Right, yeah. and schedule the appointments, generate the leads. But here's what's missed. Going through that process is what endears you to that person in the first place. Yep. If I just show up for the appointment, what kind of relationship do you and I actually have? I yeah, closed I the- stalk you on Facebook. I'm pretty, pretty sure I can right? go through your relationship. I may have done, look, so I'll, I'll, I may do that part really well, right? That's a seven week period. From the time you say, yes, I need to do something now, and I get introduced to, to you, yeah. to closing a transaction, which we've done paperwork, Right, and get closed and you get paid. But then here's what, that, what really worries me about the agents is that that relationship was never mine. And that relationship, what happens next? Then I become a statistic, right? 89% of people pulled up to the closing table and said, yes, I'll, lose my, I'll use my agent again. 12% actually do. That's historical data. Now let's kind of put in the, the other, I want everybody to do all the work for me mindset around that. The, the number drops drastically. And I don't know how much drastic you can go from 12 to lower, but that's what concerns me. I get this of where brokerage is going, and it's going in that direction because it's what agents want. But I'll tell you this now, and these are conversations I have every day, those that will be successful through this challenging market, right? It is similar. To me, the only similarities between now and then of 07 is that business owners are struggling. The why we're here is completely different, although there's some residual effects from not having enough construction that's affecting us now. The agents that do the work now, mm-hmm. right? That maintain the relationships, that make the calls, that show up for the appointments, that stay in front of them people, their business may be down, and I'm sure most business, majority of businesses are down, but they're survivable. And the relationships will carry them forward when business hits that, you know, hits that uptick again. But everybody that wants to just outsource everything, there's a challenge. So uh, going off of your outsourcing conversation i agree with you because when you think about i mean let's use examples right like let's use tesla right so tesla did away with having you know 
three acres of parking lot to store inventory on. You basically walk into a 1,200-square-foot um, showroom, and they've got some iPads and some screens, and you can see it, and you got a couple samples of colors and some leather. But they basically did away with all the, the, the square footage, but they still had a salesperson in there walking you through the different options. So it goes to show human nature when you're making a high-priced purchase – you want some level of human interaction. And I think yeah. what we see from brokerage evolution with agents and consumers inside the real estate industry is there's going to be a rescope and restructure inside the industry. We're seeing it right now inside of brokerage, right? Yep. And I think what's actually happening is having to figure out what's your best scope, what's your best fit inside the transaction. And what you're bringing up about the fact of not um, maintaining the relationship that is the one piece that is best served by the agent to the consumer is that relationship. The local area expert that knows the contracts and knows the different addendums, knows the different negotiation tactics, and knows the different outs, knows the different asks that they could get based on what the market is showing, and to be that representative of the client in a high, you know, it's a powder keg. It's, there's emotions, there's money, there's feelings there's all these different and then you got you throw in the fact that there's like multiple offers on it the agent has to realize that in the scope of the transaction them being the fiduciary of their client but also the relationship point person that can navigate that type of transaction is their highest and best use that relationship is and as the scope starts changing and i say this because let's go fast forward let's be really clear that this industry is going to be changed whether we like it or not, through technology, but mainly through consumer demands, right? Yeah. Like, and then the piece, like, okay, I'm sure everyone's heard Netflix and, and, you know, Blockbuster. Great. Everyone hears that analogy. I will use a different one that because, you know, being in Washington, D.C. Um, for college, and then I've been up here now almost 18 years. Um, if anyone's had the experience of a cab driver in D.C. prior to Uber, it was terrible. They had zones. They would look, and if anyone knows this about D.C., they actually made the zone around the Capitol so that the senators and House representatives could literally know it's six bucks to get anywhere on the hill. So they had zones, and there was no tracker. And if you're not from here, you didn't know what, how many zones you went. So sometimes you could go in and be two zones. Sometimes it would be four zones. There was no protection or uh, flatline expectation for consumer experience inside of a cab. Well, all of a sudden, the consumers are getting all pissed off, and now all of a sudden, the next evolution for the cab drivers were go to meters. So now there's some accountability on what you're doing. They didn't really like that, got a little bit better with the consumers, but the consumers now aren't carrying cash, and they want to use a credit card. Well, they didn't want that because that hurt the, the, the cab drivers. They didn't want to get credit cards, and all the times they say, oh, my machine doesn't work, and yeah. blah, 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 all these other things that would go on. So it was a terrible – those three phases were terrible for consumers, and they're not understanding that their livelihood as drivers, as professional drivers, is to service somebody going from one place to another. Now, you have to make a profit, no question about that. But if you're constantly worried about what's best for you as the driver, you're slowly going to erode your customer base. So then when Uber comes in and says, well, we'll give you a solution to know when the person's in, oh, by the way, I you could never get a guarantee if the cab was actually going to show up when you called Yellow Cab, right? Oh, yeah. So... You had all these issues, right? I mean, I had to walk almost two miles down to North uh, New York Ave off of North Cap to pick up a cab to get down to Reagan to go back home to Florida, right? So we, this this experience is real. 
So as soon as Uber came and I go, oh, I can link a credit card. Oh, it can be on an app. I can see when they're going to get here. I can see how long it's going to get me there. I can send Dave half the bill and I can also get a receipt for it and I can do all these different things. And like it's and I can everything that I've wanted from the taxis. But here's the challenge. The taxis were best positioned to take over that evolution and the, the whatever you would the future of absolutely driving. But they chose to take the old way and what's best for them as opposed to figuring out and cast and casting a vision what could be. And I think that's the issue inside of real estate right now is that we're saying brokers lost it to agents. Agents are, you know, trying to figure out how to get leads and how to do this stuff because it's not as profitable as it was before. And there's going to be a rescope about what services are delivered by brokerage, what services are delivered by agents, what services are actually direct to consumers. And the thing that I want everyone to take away from this one, this podcast, is that real estate's evolution will be dictated by the consumer. The consumer pays for the brokerage fees, it pays for home insurance, it pays for mortgage, it pays for title. And if you think about, sorry, I don't, I, this is no, a tangent. No, no, go ahead, go, wrap so, that, wrap that so point up. So if you think about all the industries from contractors to plumbers to builders to brokerage to agents to, to mortgage, to everybody in mortgage, to everybody in title, insurance, attorneys, all that, they are all fed by the consumer. And I don't know about you right now, but there is no end-to-end transaction where I can search, buy, own, and then list, and also have all of those services I just brought up make it an easy transaction for me because each one of those right now are disintermediated, meaning they're independent of each other. Right. So, like, I've got to to go – Talk to my agent. Then I got to go talk to my broker, or my mortgage broker. Then I got to talk to my title attorney, and I get like emails from these different people. I'm like, what the heck is this? And then all of a sudden, like after ratification, I get this person coming in with insurance, and I'm like, who the heck are you? I've never heard of you, right? So, and then all of a sudden, like I'm trying to search and I'm trying to keep all the DocuSign together, and I don't know if I'm talking to my agent or if I'm talking to the broker or if I'm talking. Like it's a terrible experience. I just went through this with no home construction. Now I knew how to navigate it, but like. If for, I was sitting back on my couch with my wife at one point during this after this process, and I was like, this is be like this would be a terrible experience. And let alone if you're going to do new construction, most of the people walking in don't realize that the, the listing agent actually works on behalf of the builder and not you. <laughs> so like there has to be an evolution for the consumer. Absolutely. And here's what's interesting. So as much as I was kind of saying earlier that like leads and appointments in the team ridge model, which I get it's a need, it's a now for a lot of people. The next step for that for me was like the professional services for the for the agent side, which ties right back into what you're talking about on the consumer side, right? So I think the best use of whether it's AI or technology or uh, evolution of the business for the functionality is all of those services together so everybody's organized and systematized and knowing what's happening when, who's sending out when, how, and were these things done. And the consumer has one piece, one applet, one device to know that here's all my people. I've got my lender. I've got my title company. I've got my real estate agent. I've got my trucking. I've got my real estate company. Oh, I need these vendors. I need a move out company. I need a storage company. Right. And the agent is the person to provide all that for them Correct. to help them get there. So that's those two really tie together really, really nicely in that professional services and making that consumer centric. And I'll, I'll take you a step further on your change of industry. If you want to go from you know, how Netflix and Blockbuster and then Uber and the taxi cabs. You know, we're going to see some of that next besides just what real estate is doing. You're going to see that happen with Amazon getting involved with telecom. Yeah. Right? Watch what happens to cell service when Amazon starts to make that play. 
It's um, and I think the reason I bring up all that is I believe you know Dave brought like brokerage of the future and the different value propositions they have to add and services and cost structure. And I think when you look at consumer of the future, like if you, as an agent, as a broker, if you start to put your consumer hat on and say, what's best for the consumer? The consumer wants a smoother transaction with less headaches and with the best service, the best products at the, at a, at a, you know, normal cost. Like, I, I don't think they want the cheapest. I don't think they want the highest. So a fair, let's call it a fair cost. Yeah, right? they, they want, well, it's kind of like saying they want the, when we, when we put the astronauts in the space, right? You had to pay for it, but they wanted the cheapest way to pay for it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I think, but right now they're paying astronomical amounts for what the service is considering mm-hmm. that every service is, is by an individual. So you basically have disjointed services that, you know, if you work as a good agent, you got a good mortgage company, good title company, good insurance, and they all work as a team so the client doesn't actually know that they're separate entities. But if you get into most transactions, that doesn't happen. So that like, if mortgage messes up, the client doesn't go and say, oh, the mortgage person messed up. They're looking at the agent and saying, yep, you messed up. they're looking right? right at you. So you need to think about how do I provide best cost, best service, best product, so the consumer gets a great experience from me because when you start to rescale scope, the brokerage is actually the best play because of the scale it has to deliver partnerships in mortgage and title and insurance. Yeah. The agent is actually best positioned to use technology to stay in relationship with the client and also be able to provide the client with the best search option for their home search experience. So what actually needs to be having to have happened now is thinking about, okay, if you've got brokerage, agent, and consumer, who does what best? How do those partnerships come together? Because if we try to be like taxi cabs where it's like, what's best for me? What's best for me? What's best for me? Somebody else is going to come in and say, I'm going to figure out what's best for the consumer. And it might take me five years. Maybe it takes me 10 years. But all of a sudden, do you think the taxi cab driver is like, well, I'm just going to keep control like this. I don't care what the customer service is. I don't care what the cost is. I'm just going to keep doing this because nothing's going to interrupt. And then 10 years later, boom, it wasn't even 10 years. That was 2010 was the last time. By 2016, I think we had Uber. It might have been sooner than that. But, like, the evolution's coming. Tech is trying to figure that one out. It takes glitches and work and all that. Yeah. But there is going to be evolution. So as you think through what is the best service, what's the best process, who's the best partnership, what's the best tech for the consumer, and how do I partner as an agent or a broker in that game? Because if I don't figure out what the evolution for the consumer is, I better go find a different industry. I, look, I, I, com- I completely agree with that whole mindset of like, we've got to show the consumers that, hey, we're the best resource for you because of here what we provide. You know, the agents still have to me have to fight for what's theirs, which is that relationship. And don't be so willing to give that up for yes. ease of use. Correct. Right. Yes. Find the best practice that, hey, well, here's an organization that provides the best technology for me to manage and run my business. So it's not painful. Yes. And easy for me to stay in front of my consumer. And oh, by the way, for my consumer to be easily relatable to me to do a contract to close or just get in touch with me through the devices and the tools that I provide to them. And don't get it tw- like, let's just make sure we're clear on this podcast. We fir- I firmly believe, my livelihood to bet on this is that the agent is the best person to serve the consumer. Yes. 100%. Now it's the strategic partnerships and technology choices that the, cons- that the agent picks to deliver the service to the consumer is what's going to matter in the next five to 10 years. They have, they have to care. They agents need to care more than they do. Yeah. Right. That's the difference between relationship based and transactional based for too long. 
I do 200 units. I do 300 units. That's hard to keep up with if you're not staying in front of your people because you're just gobbling up more and more and more leads and I'm, I'm a machine. But you know what? If I stay in front of my people and I do slow growth but sustainable growth, I think that that agent's going to be around a long time. So to take it away today, for those who you know, listen on this as agents or brokers, is start investing time into what's going on for the consumer and where do you see the future of real estate go with the consumer uh, in control of what the evolution looks like, knowing full well that the agent is always going to deliver the best experience to them. Absolutely. Until another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact, Dave and Joe, appreciate y'all. Take care, everybody.